fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. John Wright, it is. Welcome into the program. Greatest day of the entire week. It is a Wednesday, the midweek celebration, trying to carpe diem all over this place, baby. It's what we're all about. And welcome into it. Boy, do we have a show lined up for you today. It's going to be jam-packed as usual, but more so than usual today as well. So welcome into a Wednesday broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming and podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. Welcome into it, your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. Bottom of the hour, we have former congressman from the 19th District of Florida, former U.S. Ambassador as well, Francis Rooney. We'll have him on the program. We'll talk about some priorities out of Washington, D.C. Are you getting any substance out of Washington, D.C.? Are you really getting anything of value out of Washington, D.C.? Or are we just hearing the bickering amongst each other? We have a Republican House, a Democrat Senate that's making things very challenging. What are the priorities for each party, each chamber, and for government as a whole right now going into not just the end of the year, but remember, we're now going into election year, which means there'll be some interesting stances, interesting bills presented, and interesting priorities that will be made by certain candidates and parties moving forward. So we have that. We have inflation numbers. With the Biden administration, man, they are giddy about how good the inflation looks at like 3 4% right now. Ah, things are going down. The deflation's slowing down. Okay. We'll break that down here in just a little bit as well. But I want to kick off today because today's a special day. Not just is it a Wednesday, which is the best day ever in the middle of the week because we see the light at the end of the tunnel. But we also have a very special holiday today, a federal holiday known as, in our latest in What's Trending... What's trending today? Today, on July 12th, Wednesday of 2023, today is Happy National Cancel Culture Awareness Day. Oh, yeah, we just triggered the other side of the aisle. I know, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, everybody, calm down. Na- National Cancel Culture Awareness Day it has been, obviously, a major issue with social media, AI, that we've talked about the last couple of days, and uh, the way that the other side of the aisle seems to say, We don't like your stances. We don't like your politics. We don't like your opinion. You're not allowed to express them on social media because we will cancel you or at least shadow ban you. And by the way, we will cancel you by calling you the most derogatory terms there are possibly out there to where no one will take you seriously anymore. We will discredit you. We will verbally just harass you and we will completely destroy you and destroy your reputation. So therefore, you are not relevant in society any longer. Is this the new world? Is this the America that we've grown to try and defend? Or is this something that we can begin fighting back on? Excited to have on the program. He's a PR expert, which you can find on his website, Mr. Evan Nearman. Evan, how are you, my friend? Good to be with you. Yeah. Looking happy, forward to the conversation. Yeah, happy to have you on the program. Happy National Cancel Culture Awareness Day. This is, a, I think, an important day for awareness because uh, this seems to be the Norman Society today, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's really unfortunate that we have to have this awareness day. It's a it's a sad commentary on where we are as a country. But you know, I'm glad we're talking about it because I, for one, am a patriotic American. I believe in the founding principles of this country, and it's pretty clear to me that this practice of cancel culture 
is completely antithetical to American values. And so that's why, it, it, as I said, it's sad that we have to have this awareness day, but I'm trying to do everything I can to raise awareness about this insidious force, this problem, and get the word out there about it to educate people about why cancel culture is so dangerous and what can be done to combat it. Who do you think today, in your opinion, is the most quote-unquote canceled individual? And by not only just shutting them down to where they don't have a platform to speak, but also just the derogatory remarks, the name-calling, the accusations, to try and belittle them as much as possible. Who do you think that is in society today? In the political realm, a lot of people would say it's Donald Trump, maybe Robert F. Kennedy Jr., maybe uh, Dr. Robert Malone, uh, based on the vaccine and the COVID issues. But who do you think is they're really focusing their attention on right now? Well, I think all of those are people who you just named who have attracted a lot of attention, and there are people who want to shut them down. But I would make the case that none of them is actually canceled because we're able to still talk about them. They're still going out there. They're in the media. Of those three, I would just pause for a second and focus on Donald Trump because, in my view, Donald Trump is the least cancelable person on the planet. (laughs) And part of the way we know that is there's been so many efforts to deplatform him, to silence him. But Donald Trump is not the kind of guy who backs down. And so in the book, I talk about Donald Trump as the least cancelable person on planet Earth. And that's because he's shown time and time again that despite what comes his way, he somehow finds a way to continue to get his message out. I think he understands media. I think he has a, an uncanny ability to insert himself into the headlines, and he understands uh, with, with just this sort of preternatural ability how to connect with a huge swath of Americans that are out there. And I, I think there's no, no doubt in my mind that people will continue to cancel him, but good luck with that. It's not going to happen. That is very true. That is very true. We're talking with Evan Neerman, author of the book Crisis, Averted PR Strategies to Protect Your Reputation and the Bottom Line, also PR expert. Uh, talk about in today the businesses. I mean, obviously now it's weird. Businesses need to stand apparently on a political stance uh, for to know what side of the aisle they're on. Are, are they supporting the LGBTQ community? Are they bigoted and closed-minded not supporting them? Do Are they woke? Are they buying into ESG? Are they doing whatever? It's. I, I feel bad for a lot of business owners across the nation right now, but as a business trying to survive or maybe a new business trying to be up and coming, how do you avert some of this stuff? Yeah, well, it's very scary. There has never been a more dangerous time to be in business than today. And when you when you talk about companies, I don't believe that companies have to take a position one way or the other or state their claim as being left or right. But there's an awful lot of companies that are choosing to do that. So you get you get organizations like Ben and Jerry's, and you know, on July fourth. They send out a message saying that America, let's, re, let's remember on America's birthday that this is a country that's built on stolen indigenous lands, and therefore let's start giving it back to the Native Americans right away. That's a clear, conscious decision to stick your thumb in the eye and to cause controversy. And so Ben and Jerry's should not be surprised when calls go out for people to want to boycott them, not, not buy their products anymore. I'm less concerned about those types of companies because I'm more focused on everyday men and women who own businesses, small and medium 
size enterprises, they have no intention on necessarily using their business to fight culture wars, right. but they may become embroiled in these things totally by accident. And I wrote the book in large part because I was sick of hearing the stories of people's lives getting destroyed, their businesses getting targeted, and I wanted to give them a playbook for how they can react when this happens and how they can hopefully avoid getting into such sticky situations in the first place. Mm, that's a great point. Let's go back a little bit to when this actually started. What caused this and when did people feel that uh, that was justified or that's an acceptable level to get to by calling someone a fascist or a Nazi or a bigot some, or a racist? Some very strong terms to where I was growing up and you don't say or call someone something or say something unless you actually mean it. And words like that, to me, are very, um, very strong. So if you're accusing someone of that, that's a very strong accusation. You better be really sure that that's what they actually are. But today, they're just thrown around as loosey-goosey words. If you're a Republican, if you're a Donald Trump supporter, if you're a MAGA individual, you're an election denier, you're an anti-vaxxer, you're a conspiracy theorist, you're a racist, you're a homophobe, you're a bigot, you're whatever. And these are just normal terms in society today. When did we get to that level to water these down so much? Yeah. Well, it's been a slippery slope in recent years, and I think there's a perfect storm of elements that have led us to where we are. I think definitely the dysfunction in Washington and the hyperpartisanship that has characterized it over the last couple of decades is a key factor. I also see social media as having a lot of the blame here. You've got people who want likes, shares, and clicks. They want to grow their audiences. They want to do things that get them attention. They want to feel like they're participating in some way, and they're a keyboard activist. So you've got them throwing around these very uh, strident terms that you were you were just talking about in an effort to attract attention. And unfortunately, we live in a time where the media is looking to social media for story ideas where every single person is walking around with a phone in their pocket so they can share ideas, they can attack other people, they can insult people on social media platforms as easy as a couple of taps of their thumbs and a swipe. So it's this perfect storm of hyperpartisanship and tribalism in the United States, this default to outrage, people wanting to feel empowered and people choosing sides, and then they can easily pile on with people. They can unite with other like-minded folks owing to the power of social media. And it's all those things. When you stir them up together in one pot, that's what produces the environment where cancel culture can take root. Yeah, it is very scary. we got just a couple of minutes left here as we kind of wrap things up. But give us a little tip real quick from the book Crisis Averted, PR Strategies to Protect Your Reputation and the Bottom Line. If you are a small business, like you said, that's not trying to get involved in all this culture war that's going on, Give us a tip on what they have to do to try and stay out of that and be able to maintain as a small business without making a political statement. Social media is the single biggest wild card here. And so it's really important for small and medium businesses to be very cautious about what they share on social media. And so I would say if you remember these two things, share with care and post with purpose. So be careful about what you're putting out there into the world. Don't put anything out that could threaten your personal safety or reveal personal information. That's what I mean when I say uh, share with care, but also post with purpose. So if you're trying to grow your business, make sure before you put anything out there, you start weighing in on hot button political issues. Is this really serving the, the goals of your organization? If not, then maybe have that discussion over beers with some friends, but don't necessarily tweet it out to the world. 
Um, do your best to stay out of it. But if you do find yourself unwittingly getting involved, you cannot wait. You need to get in the fight. You have to defend yourself. So get, whether it's an attorney, a crisis manager, a crisis PR firm, you need to make sure that you defend yourself and you counter misinformation and don't let it take root. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, so you're saying just try and limit that exposure on social media. That's a foreign term nowadays is to say, hey, don't post your entire life and every thought that pops into your mind on social media. What a concept, right? <laughs> yeah, what a concept, but it can be done. We can we can actually do it. Yeah, we got about 30 seconds left. Oh, here. and one Let's, other thing. Yeah, go for it. Don't 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 uh, don't insult your neighbors and don't take naked pictures. You do those oh. two things, you'll also avoid. Quite a few things. Unfortunately, we deal with 100 plus crises a year and people get into situations because they're not thinking, they're not sharing with care or posting with purpose, and they're acting in the moment and they're making bad decisions. But remember, as soon as you take that photo or you send it, you lose control. So you got to be really cautious and protect your privacy. Ooh, I like that. No more taking naked pictures. You know what? I'm going to have to go through and delete a lot of my social media posts on there. No more fishy oh, lip no. photos and selfies. Right, Evan? Yeah. <laughs> uh, please don't send them to me and please don't post them. There we That's go. There we good. go. May have to call you for some PR services here for the Voice of Reason radio program. I love it. It's uh, Evan Nearman. You can find the book uh, on Amazon, other places well. Crisis Averted PR Strategies to protect your reputation and at the bottom line. You can also find his PR firm at redbanion.com. Evan, we appreciate the time very much, my friend. we got to do this again soon. We will. Thank you. Hey, appreciate it. Lots more coming up here on The Voice of Reason for a midweek celebration. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. What's up? Welcome into it. Thanks again to Evan Nearman on the program. Cancel Culture Awareness Day. You think we should do like a march outside or something? Do some kind of protest? Be like, hey, we're not going to be canceled. It's not going to happen. Good luck with that. And, oh, by the way, the private sector always does such a good job as when there is a void in the uh, demand of the consumer, we find a way to fill that void. That's the beauty of a laissez-faire free market capitalist system. And we always find a way to meet the demands of the consumer, which is why we see podcasts like Joe Rogan and conservative podcasts being the number one podcast in the country. It's not progressive podcasts. We're not seeing uh, Randy Rhodes or... Um, uh, some of the MSNBC hosts or others, they have podcasts and they do okay. But if you look at the top podcasts in the country for news talk or current events or so, those sorts of issues, they're not on there as the top 10. It's conservatives. It's Joe Rogan. It's Tucker Carlson. It's other podcasts like this. It's radio shows. We dominate the private market. They dominate it when they control the industry like we had with Air America and Progressive Talk Radio, NPR. That's government funded to keep them on the air. But when you look at ratings, they don't do that hot in most radio markets across the nation. Uh, The conservatives are the ones that always dominate. Look at Hollywood. What's dominating Hollywood right now? Oh, yeah. It's the sound of freedom. An awareness issue that the progressives, for some reason, are now just bashing, saying it's nothing but a bunch of crazy conspiracy theorists and fear mongers trying to spread fear and phobia on an issue that really doesn't happen. When we know, we know that's not true. 
Again, trying to label us as the crazies, as the quacks, as the wackadoodles, as the nuts with this whole cancel culture. You're talking about an issue that makes me feel very uncomfortable. And honestly, we're not doing anything to address it because our agenda actually aids and abets this issue. So therefore, it's not really happening. La, 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 la. Progressives put on their blinders. They put on their headphones, put on the uh, goggles and just go about their business. And anyone that disrupts their view of life, then all of a sudden we are the problem in society. But that's all right. It's all right. The real world will show its ugly face and you can only hide the truth for so long. What did they always say as a, pa- as a parent? The truth always comes out in the end. So don't try to lie as a child because it will be revealed at some point. Speaking of lying and just trying to blow, you know, what up our, you know, what is the latest inflation reports coming from the federal government is according to MSN.com is a repost from the Washington Post. A year after inflation soared to the highest level in four decades, price increases are returning closer to normal levels with families and businesses feeling the difference as wages rise faster than prices and policymakers debate how much more to slow the economy. Another interest rate hike is on the way. We can guarantee that. Now, while they say things are slowing down with inflation sitting between three to four percent, according to the Biden administration's numbers, Remember, that's only year over year. So we went from the highest that we've seen in four decades and then still on top of that, another 3-4%. According to RollCall.com, they did a uh, a comparison on administrations, on overall consumer price index or inflation numbers by administration for the four-year stents of their administration. Now, remember, we're only in year three of the Biden administration. We're not on year four yet. We're only on year three. Overall inflation... During the Biden administration, as of March this year, which means we don't even include the 4% that we're seeing in the last few months, we can add that and tack it on for what we're seeing so far. Overall inflation has been up 15% under Joe Biden, which means your cost of living overall since Biden took office in 2020 has been up 15% to now. That's 18% of an increase in food, a 37% increase in energy prices, and a 13.5% increase in rent. Want to know what the overall inflation rate was under Trump compared to Joe Biden's 15%? Trump had 4, 4.1%. Now you tack on the 4% that we saw this one to the 15, we're looking at near 20%. I fail to see people getting a 20% increase in their wages over the past three years. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. Hey, thanks for hanging out today for a midweek celebration, trying to cram that 10 pounds reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation, one radio listener at a time. That's what it's all about each and every day. I want to tell you about my friends over at Americans for Prosperity. They are by far the largest grassroots organization in the entire country. You know, Republicans are always really good at conservatives. I say, I paraphrase, conservatives are really good at grassroots campaigning. Why? Because the down-home folk every day, just on the street every day, mostly for the most part, have the same values. We want to live our life. We want to go to work. We want to be able to put food on our table. 
We don't want to be stressed economically. We don't want to have the strain of government telling us what to do on our daily lives. We want the ability for the American dream, the opportunities that are endless, the streets paved with gold, the opportunity for all, which is why still we have people flooding our border on a daily basis, trying to get a piece in that sliver of the American dream. There's a movie, and I can't remember the name. Hold on. let me. I'm going to do this live on the radio here. There's a movie that's on Netflix, and it is a wild, the platform. Anybody see the platform? It's on Netflix. It's a foreign film, so you actually have to read it, and I hate doing those. This movie was really gross and wild because it's kind of a horror flick, uh, but it's a few years old, and it will wig you out beyond any belief. But the whole purpose of it was from, I think it's Europe, somewhere in Europe. They made the movie in the idea to kill the American dream, uh, to kill capitalism, essentially. Their understanding of capitalism is so flawed, and that's why when we actually dialogue, we win people over with ideas. We had the conversation yesterday about whether we use government to enforce our own agenda as opposed to just stopping their agenda with like teaching of the Bible in the classroom, which I don't think is a good thing to do in public schools because that's not the government's role to do something like that. We have to win people over with our own ideas by explaining why we believe in ideas like conservatism. And I full-heartedly, 110% believe that when we win and have a dialogue on the ideas, the philosophy, the concepts, the ideas of what we have, we will win every single time. And for anybody who doesn't already have their mind made up based on political brainwashing, they will see and understand the ideas of limited government, free enterprise, the opportunity and individuals for all opportunity for everybody that American dream to live and flourish and do well. People want to be able to start a small business. There's so many foreigners that come here saying I get to actually own my own. What? I get to own my own shop, my own business. I get to build something with my bare hands and run it. And it's mine. I have that opportunity nowhere else in the world. Do we have that opportunity like we do here? The problem is, is that government continues to, um, make that more complicated, put up the red tape, try and take it away each and every day, which is why Americans for Prosperity, they're the ones trying to reignite that American dream, which is their campaign right now, reignite the American dream, where they believe in that freedom and opportunity that are keys to unleash prosperity for everyone. You can be a part of that no matter what state you're in, wherever you're listening. You can check them out, americansforprosperity.org. Be part of that movement. Knock on doors, make some phone calls, talk to them, or donate to them financially. However, you can be part to help them out, americansforprosperity.org. We appreciate them very much, which uh, it's very true. Right now, it's more and more difficult for us to survive, is it not? We have this inflation report that the government's coming out saying, oh, 3 4%, it's some of the best that we've seen for a while. According to MSN.com, that shared the story from the Washington Post, a year after inflation soared to the highest levels in four decades, price increases are returning closer to normal levels. We did it, baby. That's... What the Democrats are saying, we are back to normal post-COVID-19. We did it! We did it! We did it! Yay! (laughs) And the government report, the government data that was released earlier today, showed a notable drop in inflation, with prices rising only 3% for the month of June compared to this year before, and 0.2% compared to the month of May, the smallest 12-month increase since March of 2021. Hmm... So we have a 3% increase, just over 3% for the month of June, a 0.2% increase since May. That is a pretty dramatic increase, especially month over month, year over year. But when you look at it, you got to remember that's only from the numbers that we had seen last year. Show of hands, how many people have seen 
an increase in their salaries of 15 to 20 percent in the last three years since 2020, since the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. When have we seen a 20 percent or incrementally even to to amount to a 20 percent increase in their wages? Any Anybody see that? Any, anybody? No. OK. In fact, here in the Wichita area, there was a vote against a new contract between Spirit Aerosystems and the Machinist Union that build airplanes for Spirit Aerosystems because they didn't like their 17% increase in salary over the next few years. <laughs> they didn't like that. That's It was 17%, uh, like 15 to 17% of an investment into benefits and retirement, another 15% or 17% of increase in, in wages, and they voted against that because it wasn't enough. They are the only industry that I am completely aware of that has seen anything in the double digits of a percent of increase in salaries because I have not seen any. Maybe a 3 4 5% increase over the last couple of years, marginally. As a radio guy, I mean, I could just write that off. We haven't seen any percentage increase in salaries at all. That's just the industry that we're in, and we're very well aware of that. But other industries can try to. They can advocate for increases in wages. They can try and fight. Or that's why we've seen the quote-unquote mass exodus in the work industry, because people have gone to better positions with higher wages because they knew they weren't going to get an increase in their current salaries. So they had to go find a way to better themselves with a better opportunity. Now, that's 15% overall as an average. I'd like to remind you that under the Biden administration by themselves, food has gone up by almost 20%, 18.3, according to RollCall.com. Energy's up 37.2%. Rent's up 13.5%. On the last three years from the Biden admin. Under Donald Trump, here are the numbers for you. Overall inflation from Donald Trump for the four years he was in office was at 4.1% compared to Biden's 15 Food under Trump was up 3.6% compared to Biden's 18.3. Energy was up by 1.6% in the entire four-year stint compared to Joe Biden's 37.2. Wonder why your AC bill's a little bit higher? Wonder why your heating bill during the wintertime was a little bit higher? Yeah, almost a 40% increase in bills under the Biden admin compared to a 1.6% increase under Donald Trump. Rent was at 7.5% of an increase under Trump compared to 13.5% under the Biden. Want to go back even further? Let's go to Barack Obama. Overall inflation for Obama was comparable to Trump, 4.8%. Food actually was lower at 1.9%, but energy, another 30% increase. 1.6% in rent. So not too bad there. Energy was the big one. Why? Because that was the big push for alternative energies. We need the solar panels. We need the windmills. We need to kill the oil industry. We don't like digging for oil. We don't like natural gas. Uh, According to Joe Biden, when he was running as vice president to Barack Obama, there was no such thing as clean coal energy, right? That's what he told us. That's what he said. And we know that wasn't actually true. So when you're trying to just put food on the table, we have to recognize we're not looking at a, hooray, only a 3% increase. We're back to normal. No. We need to be looking at a four, 3 to 4% increase over a four-year span, not on a one-year span, because that's on top of the other that we've seen. This was done in March. So now we're looking at almost a 20% increase in inflation overall. How are you supposed to deal with living with a lifestyle when everything is 20% more expensive? You either have to cut back or you get into extreme debt, which a lot of people have done as well because we're seeing record credit card debts across the nation as well, and then record number of defaults. And then they're like, well, guess we better start forgiving the loans because people can't pay their bills. You created the situation. 
You did that. Nobody else. You did that. You made things more expensive to where we have to downsize. And we don't want to downsize. This is the American dream where everybody should have the opportunity, not outcome, but opportunity to build that mansion and to live the luxurious life that we do in the American dream. Now, not everybody wants to do that. Personally, I would be okay with a cabin that's completely off the grid out in the middle of the woods with not a neighbor nearby within a 50-mile radius. I'm totally totally okay with that lifestyle, and I know many other people are as well, but that's the dream and the opportunity that we have. By the way, these numbers are comparable under Biden. The closest that we've gotten to those same levels was Jimmy Carter with an 18% overall inflation rate and a 24% increase in food. That's the only one even close to comparison. The next closest would be George Bush the first, number 41, George Bush Sr., where he had some double-digit numbers on there as well. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but Republican-Democrat, not the big deal. It's the ones that either use the government for their own benefit, that think government's going to solve the issue, or just print the money out of nowhere. That's when we see the inflation go up. And instead of saying, red flag here, let's stop printing money, let's stop going crazy with the spending, let's stop, quote-unquote, investing in things and thinking government's actually going to create some type of economic activity, um, that's when we see these numbers continue to rise. When we try to say, let's focus on the private sector and prosperity from the private sector and allow Americans to just do their thing, man, it's when things flourish. And while we're not going to ever cut spending at the federal level, while we're never going to get our spending under control, the goal right now, at least, to minimize that damage is to at least allow the private sector to grow fast enough to allow more revenue and grow our piece of the pie in order to pay off the debts. Using that movie, The Platform, if you haven't seen The Platform, I highly recommend it. It's a horror movie, it's scary, and it's a foreign film, so you have to read it. But it's their attempt of explaining capitalism. And i got to take a break here, so when we come back, I can actually explain the movie. It's really fascinating because it's a prison system where everybody is in this block, almost like an elevator, and everybody's at a certain level. And there's a platform of food that starts at the top, and as it goes down every few minutes, the top levels gorge themselves leaving the ones at the very bottom to starve and they kill each other or they try to eat each other. And they're trying to show how evil capitalism is with the evil corporatists that just gorge themselves and not leave any resources for the ones down at the very bottom, trying to say that if they all just took a little bit of what they needed, we could all share it and we could all just live happily ever after. Not realizing that under a free market capitalist system, you have the ability to create your own piece of the pie. You don't have to take it from somebody else. They don't grasp that very simple concept. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. And the show almost already over. Holy cow, it flies right on by. Welcome back into it. Last segment here on a midweek celebration. Greatest day of the entire week. I'm starting to recognize more and more that as we try to debate these issues, we discuss the issues, and you know this program, we like to have fun, but we usually talk about a little bit heavier things, unveiling the layers of that onion just a little bit deeper than most other programs. Sometimes maybe hard to listen to when you want to hear just about the fluff election issues or something. We have some of those, by the way, too. Trump apparently going after the governor in Iowa, which some are saying is not the best thing to do. 
going into the first caucus, which is the one that really sets the tone for the rest of the election. Uh, I know more candidates may be jumping in as we get down to the end of this year, at least get into fall season for this year, because by January, if you're not campaigning yet for the presidential runs, then you are way behind the ball, my friend. There are primaries already starting up here in Kansas, by the way, for my Kansas listeners. Our primary is like the middle to late-ish March. So we are coming up hot and heavy on primary season, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens and what candidates could be in or not in by that time. And uh, so we'll get into that here in just a minute. But real quickly, as we kind of wrap up and put a bow on that last conversation, we need to have the conversations. It's not about bullying the other side into going along with our agenda, because that's what Democrats do. That's what the progressives do. That's why we're seeing the wokeness in universities. We're seeing the wokeness in, in public education. We're seeing the wokeness in business industries all across the board because they know that it's an unpopular opinion. They know that it's a minority opinion, but they want it and it's important to them. So therefore, because of the cancel culture, happy again to cancer culture awareness day on this Wednesday, July 12th, uh, because of that belief is that if you don't believe what we believe, then we will silence you and we will make you irrelevant. And the loud minority will completely shut you down because you go against the grain. It is true. They called, you know, I don't like to, do the name calling like they do where we think of a little bit high above that one but that's literally a very socialist fascist mindset get on board with us and if you're not then you are the worst piece of you know what we could possibly imagine and we will make sure that everybody knows that that is literally what fascism does silence any type of opposition the beauty of this country is that we can have political discourse that's what we're all about Having two different opinions. Uh, if anybody remembers the movie World War Z, apparently I like using a lot of references in the in the shows today. Uh, if anybody remembers the movie World War Z with the zombies, and they're over in Israel, and they're talking about how Israel had built the walls to survive around from the zombie apocalypse, and the guy said, yeah, our government mandated that out of the 12 decision makers that there would always be one that would always challenge and vote against it is be the naysayer or try to give a different opinion. Even if we all agreed on everything, there would always be one to try and challenge the status quo, challenge the narrative, and try to bring a different opinion. So make sure that we don't all just get on board with an emotional reaction. We're not just reactionary and make a dumb decision. We don't do the pendulum swing and do something irrational. That we actually think about it thoroughly from every single different angle. And that's what's needed. We need that in society. I, there's a place for Democrats and progressives, maybe not the crazy radicals that are making people confused with their gender because that's just ridiculous, but there's a need for a different opinion because if we all thought the same way, then it would be a very boring world and we would collapse very, very quickly because our weaknesses strengthen each other. But if we have those dialogues to the general population and explain what capitalism really is, it's not the idea of like the movie The Platform to where everything's at the top and as it goes down, there's less and less and less to where there's nothing at the bottom for the lower income, the less fortunate individuals to just have to scrounge for. No, that's not the way capitalism works. That's literally the way socialism works. The elites that make the rules, they get all the goodies, and then we're down here just groveling for the uh, bones that they toss when they're done with their table. Capitalism, you get to create your own piece of the pie. You're not taking it away from anybody else. You are creating it. We're creators in this nation, which is why we see how great this nation was and how quickly it rose to the top because it was the outcasts, it was the blue-collar workers, it was the ones that came here with a dream, and they were to able to create their own piece of the pie. That's the beauty of this place, and it's amazing. 
We're out of time. Dang it. I wanted to get to, we didn't get a chance to do it today. There's some new weird news of the day that I really wanted to talk about today. Weird news of the day. Man, we'll have to do it tomorrow. Not a big deal. Fox News, going back to the UFO story. Officials apparently are starting to see more of these UFO videos and saying that humanity is not ready to handle what they're learning about now that they're going down this deep road. They're still not disclosing it to the public, but they're saying humanity's not ready for it. I say malarkey, baby. Bring it on. We'll take on anything. We'll do some of that maybe tomorrow and have some fun with it. Until then, we're out of time, my friends. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. Be that catalyst for change in your own community. Be that voice. Be that one that leads by example with your own family values. Until then, have a wonderful middle of the week. We'll see you back on the radio on a Thursday.